0: What's up, guys? My name is Chase, and right across from me is my best friend, Hunter Dorsett, and this is another episode of Just the Quip. Just the Quip is pretty simple. It's not Witty Banter, our flagship podcast where we review beers and talk about news. It's very different. We just pick a subject, any subject, it changes every episode, and we just talk about it for the entire length of that episode, which is this episode. We don't know how long it's going to go. It could be four hours or four minutes, but we'll just find out soon enough. Today's topic of discussion is The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, which we have bought uh, about a week ago and have been playing in this household quite extensively. Hunter, what would you say is about like your total hour count for The Witcher 3 so far?
1: It's tough to say. I had a couple of, uh, a couple of encounters where I didn't really have anything going on in the day, and... Uh the sun would go up and down before I even realized it. So The real sun? Almost, yeah. Damn. I mean, that one day, I like literally... Well, I, a girl said that she was going to uh hang out with me, and that ended up kind of falling through, so... Um, Way to go, girl. <laughs> nah, she's good, but she could have let me know. Jeez. Because Yeah, it was like, we were supposed to hang out from 2 to 30 to 3 or something and not work out, so I just like played the game the whole day. Um And so I bet that my hour count would probably be somewhere around like 10
0: or okay. 10 plus, maybe. Yeah, I'd probably peg mine at about 6. So basically what that means is we haven't even begun to really dive into what The Witcher 3 has to offer as a holistic experience. So everything that we're going to be able to speak to on this podcast is kind of going to be our first impressions with it. But um, it's
1: still like it's like 10 hours nothing to sneeze at. Like it's not. It's a, a lot of gameplay. Still. It is
0: a lot of gameplay. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. Mm-hmm. So Hunter... You have pinned yourself several times as someone like who doesn't play games, but you play quite you you play quite a bit you play playstation a lot mm-hmm. uh, you have a i'd say a pretty good working knowledge of a variety of different um game genres now I would reckon to say though this is really your first open world fantasy r p g though that you've sat down with really
1: especially in next gen i mean i've i'd like to say that i've played a game like this and i can't really pin one down but um
0: you haven't played skyrim no you've never played oblivion you haven't played fallout these big massive um let's just eat away at your time sort of games Mm -hmm. you i would you know you haven't had that much experience with right nothing this in depth but this game has drawn you in. Yes. So at a surface level, what what has been the breadcrumb trail that has made you kind of walk into the wood? What a shitty analogy. It's okay. Jesus, we can... You know, Do what you will. You know. <laughs> doing something. Um,
1: well, you know, I, uh, I guess I, I was actually drawn in by... Um, I saw a couple of commercials, actually, and I was like, damn, that actually looks really cool. And then there started to be like, you know you always have to watch out because they always like take some review and put it out of context and stuff. But like they were, they were showing people or um, sources that looked like they were pretty credible in the gaming industry. that were saying it was like a perfect game and stuff like that. And I was like, I never hear anything like that. Uh, So that was cool. And, and plus like even the first commercial that I saw of it um, was like, you know, the, the, the stereotypical or not the stereotypical, like it's main slogan, which is that the world doesn't need a hero. It needs a professional. And it's that one where he like is fighting the Griffin and Uh shoots it down and comes after it. And I was like, damn, that's awesome. (laughs) But then like, even, even when I just started that, that kind of got me to even start the game. And then whenever I started the game, um, we talked about this a little bit. I feel like there are two different sort of types of cutscenes that happen in most video games that I play. There's like, the big like super realistic cutscenes that um, are completely are, stranded from any gameplay.
0: Yeah, they're like pre-rendered footage. Yes, that yeah, not it, in, it's in a gen. movie
1: essentially. Yep, um, like and God of War had a lot of those. Yeah, and then there's also you know like there's like parts where you'll have gameplay and then a cutscene and then gameplay again, and those are a little less realistic or whatever. Um, but yeah, the first the first cutscene that you see is. Um,
0: the opening cinematic of the game
1: yeah it's the opening cinematic of the game it kind of gets you on the right foot as to where the story arc is taking you uh, and it was just so one rowdy and there was a lot of crazy stuff that was going on in it but two it was just like so realistic looking and, yeah uh, I uh, I don't know I just saw that and mouth dropped to the floor and I was like, well I have to start playing so uh-huh. you know which so. is funny
0: this is the third installment. Right, Mm -hmm. but I think the game does a pretty good job at saying you don't really need to know what happened beforehand. You can kind of jump right in and get going. Not at all, because I don't know anything about beforehand. And same here. Now, once you started playing, though, um, I guess it—you know—the the the game as someone who doesn't play these big, large-scale RPGs, it was—it didn't overwhelm you. It didn't stop. Like there was never a point where you walked away. So when you first started playing. What was like, okay, I I I need to keep... It's been an hour. I need to keep going.
1: Right. Um, well, yeah, once I started actually getting into the gameplay of the game, um, I guess there were just some, some things about it that... It just made sense to me. Like, I like that you have a horse that you can call at any time and just start riding it around, mm-hmm. you know, um, that can, like proved beneficial in a lot of different ways and plus it just like helps it to where because I feel like in other games like if you're if you're just in this huge landscape and all you can do is like sort of halfway jog through it it's like miserable you know trying to get
0: from place to place uh, so that was good um, I like how they give um, Geralt like a lot of Agency in his environment. You know, you can walk, sprint, ride your horse, and you can also climb mm-hmm. and jump. Which honestly, you don't find that in many RPGs. Mm. But the fact that you can like run up to a ledge, jump, grab it, and pull yourself up. You know, it, it's really just like the world seems boundless because of that. You can swim. Yeah, the and the swim. Every dude in the game is just beautiful, right? Right. The environments are so incredibly lush. You know, mm-hmm. I find myself when when I'm in a cutscene half listening to the characters and half just staring off in the background and being like, those woods look so thick and wooded that they look real.
1: Right, yeah. And there are even parts where, like, it'll be, like, the setting sun and you'll, like, get up to some high point point, you can see, like, the whole, like, terrain around you and you're like, holy shit, like, this is art, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, even more so, I mean, uh, the things that Geralt... You know how whenever you play... um. Whenever you play that one Matrix game where it's uh, Niobe and... Enter the Matrix? Is it the first one? I think so, yeah. And, like, you just run around with Niobe and literally just button smash square and then you just kick ass and it's awesome. They just do all this crazy stuff. Like... I kind of felt like a little bit of remnants from that like when you have Geralt sword you can just like button jam square or er, you can just jam on the square button and you'll just keep doing crazy stuff like going after your guy now that's not the best thing that you it's not what you want to do they don't train you to do that but like he's always like doing crazy cool moves and stuff you don't have to like wait until you know being awesome in order in order for what you're doing to look legit
0: Yeah well let's let's talk about the combat then cuz the combat is obviously accessible. If someone like you, who doesn't really play these third-person action-type games, is able to sit in there and really um, be able to... It, it clicks easy, and it's it's not barring you from continuing. That's not to say that the game is overly simplified. It's just it works well, and it, it's explained well. Um, how have you found... Do you think the fact that you can kind of get away with button mashing is a good thing, or... You know, how do I mean? I do.
1: I mean, you can get away with it. And I, and, and especially, you know, we have to re re, re uh, assert that, again, we haven't gotten to like really difficult uh, encounters in this game yet. So yeah. it'll probably prove that you can't just be button mashing at those points. But like when you come across the little, you know, dogs and stuff and, and like it's just like block and then I'm just going to press square until you're dead. And yeah. I think that that's sort of appropriate, and that's, I think that's one thing that's, like, makes it accessible, is, like, I don't have to have all this, like, strategic know-how and fighting these things, even at just the beginning. Right. And two, like, you know, you start out the game, I feel like most, it would be very easy to start out a game where you kind of are just basic everything, and you have to unlock everything to get anything, Yeah. but in, with this game, it's like, you have all of your signs, which yeah, you are, have all which your spells. magic, you have all your spells already, and it's just upgrades to spells that you, that you do. It's, yeah. not, it's not like you have to go and find out how to do all these spells. Like, That's really clutch for me because yeah. I didn't want to sit around and, and go around and find all these freaking spells totally, before okay. I can use them. Um, and also, I think it's really awesome that you can just pretty much hold block. And it's going to block pretty much everything that most of the people are doing. Now, there are certain attacks where it's like a huge weapon that that won't work. Or um, if you're going against like somebody that's much stronger than you, like yeah, that, it that still won't work. Um, but, you, you know, like whenever you're whenever you're starting off the game and they put you in the middle of a wolf pack and you're like, I don't even know what to do. You can just kind of hold block even if you don't know what to do like a gamer like me would do. Yeah. And you don't die for that which I think is pretty clutch.
0: But I do, I do think we are actually making it sound a little bit easier than it actually is because what's really interesting about the game in the early levels is I can see how there's going to be a meaningful sense of progression in this game with your combat skills because things like a pack of wolves, though three of them or whatever and all that might be easy if you get swamped by six and you're careless they will kill you yeah and those those enemies the drowners the first like five times I fought a drowner even yeah. just one killed me with yeah. my ass you know and it's mm-hmm. like you need to know what you're doing um, but the tools are there at your disposal and you know it's pretty simple it boils down to like short dodge or long dodge block and then heavy and light attack right and of course you've got your spells Um, What I think is also really smart about the spell system is that it's tied to your stamina bar. Mm -hmm. Um, You need a full bar of stamina to cast one of your spells. And so if you're sitting there blocking and then you swing some, you'll probably get like halfway down on your bar. And so you have to wait for it to go back up before you uh, cast a spell. So there is a bit of a trade off. And I like that (laughs) the spells are tied to um, basically the resource that also allows you to swing your sword because... The spells don't become a replacement for your sword. They have mm. to complement it. Yes. And I think that's really smart.
1: I agree. Yeah, um,
0: And now they also give you the crossbow. We, yeah. we haven't gotten any other... Have you gotten any other weapons besides the crossbow?
1: You mean any other uh, weapons like the crossbow? Yeah, where like it's in, in the bottom of the little, scroll? Yeah, that
0: little radial thing?
1: Um, no.
0: Okay. No. Well, there's a bunch of other slots. Yeah. So seemingly we'll get more. They have
1: bomb slots as well. That's true. Which are pretty cool. Yeah. Um. And they'll have different bombs that you can concoct, and they do different things to different opponents and stuff. So.
0: Yeah. So, to me, to sum combat up, I think combat feels great in this game. There's there's a parry system, which, I mean, so many points if you add a parry system in your game because I think that rewards fast, smart, um, you know, reflexes as well and like you said the fact that you have all your signs at your disposal right off the bat is really fun cuz you can play with them and you can figure out which ones you like at first and all of that the rolls
1: and the dodges are good and we and let's uh, let's also before we completely sum up combat i mean we both did get to the griffin
0: yes we've fought and slayed the griffin so that was like our
1: first like boss sort yeah. of that we came across um and Again, like if I would have just come across that and it was way too hard, then I would have been kind of turned off at that point, you know. And yeah. it was accessible. He was like, you know, he he killed me twice I think before I ever beat him. Okay. Um but it seemed pretty it seemed pretty um obvious that, you know, like whenever he whenever he's on the ground, you got to kind of like, you know, take your time and don't do anything too do- too dodgy or whatever. But then whenever he like starts flying up in the air, he'll like I guess like if it's easy enough for me to be able to spot when I should be taking advantage of the boss. Yeah. Then I think that's a good thing. Sure. And it'll probably be less apparent as we go forward with other bosses. But again, I, I just like that it I like that it's so involved and there's so much complexity within it, but it's not so complex that I can't I can't like, you know, pick up and apply my own just sort of...
0: It's understandable. Yeah. It's not overly, uh, like, obtuse in any sort of way. Right. Um, and also, before we move on, sort of the, I guess, in-moment, like, in-the-action cinematic touches where you can... Ran, you'll, random, you'll randomly... F- you know, your last hit of a guy will cleave him in two. Yeah. In a ver- and it's not like every time you kill somebody you cut them in half the same way it's like where your sword landed on them it will hack away where it landed and so yeah. you might take off like half of an arm or you might cleave through their chest from like the left shoulder to the belly button yeah. and it looks sick <laughs> yeah. and there was times where like I walked up to the final dude in a pack and uh, went for my final kill and the camera kind of swerved out and then Geralt like stabs him in the stomach does his flourish move and cuts his head off and it's just like holy (laughs) shit man that was awesome right it's like
1: they also have like uh, sort of like smart kills in the the sense that like if you knock something on the ground you can just come up and like do an attack and kill him on the ground which is like clutch I think that's It's smart
0: yeah it's really cool so like this happened with a wolf i had like probably eight more hits to kill on this wolf but i knocked him over walked up to him single stab right in the heart he's done
1: you know yeah it's it's cool that makes sense
0: and you also have like environmental things you can take advantage of there's like exploding barrels there's um poisonous gas that you can light on fire to help you fight there's like hornet's nests that you can uh, shove your enemies into Mm -hmm. it's really fun yeah it's really fun um so that covers com- most of combat. That's combat. Now, one of the things that I think is in your face right off the bat that is – I know that you had told me the night before you had really enjoyed is um, like the characters. More specifically, you said that the voice acting was r- is done really well. So I, I want to talk now about the characters, about Geralt himself, about the cast surrounding him. Uh, let's mm-hmm. talk about the voice acting. Let's sort of talk about the the story and, and just the world that they've they've built – Yes, out of the lore.
1: Um, I guess we should start
0: off with Vesemir. Yeah, so Vesemir is is Geralt's basically partner in crime in the very beginning of the game.
1: It's kind of he's not only his partner in crime because he's also a witcher, mm-hmm. but he's also like a little more experienced. It seems like than Geralt, maybe not in that he's like better or or anything, but like he's more of like an old school witcher, yeah. whereas Geralt's kind of like the young buck witcher. And, um, you know, the story starts off where, like, there's a, a girl that they're kind of training named Ciri, who's also very important to the plot of the story. Um, and Yezimir is kind of like the one that's, like, while, while she's probably more used to training, like, in combat, maybe with Geralt or something, Yezimir is, like, the guy that's, like, showing her all the books and the knowledge yeah. and stuff and, you know, School of Hard Knocks kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's
0: just these characters feel real.
1: They do, um, and again, yeah, the voice acting is very. I think when it comes to voice acting, you can have like people with really cool voices doing really cool jobs, but it still does that. Still doesn't mean it's good voice acting. Sure. The thing the the thing that makes it good voice acting is how appropriate it is, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that they nailed even just like. The tonality of the different characters and how they should sound and stuff.
0: Um, Yeah. So, and I just love the interplay between Geralt and these different characters. You know, when he's talking with Vesemir, in the in the very opening scenes, some of the dialogue choices you have. You know, you can sort of shut him off or let him into what you're thinking, and depending on what you say. Both reactions, they feel as if, like, Vesemir, he knows Geralt as a, you know, personally, and he's like, okay, well, that's fine, man. I'll, I'll back off here or I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give a joke here. Like, that relationship feels real and it feels like we're just dropping in on old friends yeah. um, that have been going for a long time, and it's very well executed. Yeah, so Vesemir's a boss. He is a boss.
1: He's probably he's probably like my favorite side character so far. Yeah,
0: he's cool. Um, but it but just I just think that speaks to the job that they've been able to do though and this yeah. believability. Um, I think Geralt is probably the reason why I fell in love with this game so quick. Yeah when I think I f- that's fair. When I first started playing, he's sort of got like a overly gruff, short, you know, voice. And I'm like, is this guy just gonna try to he's like, is he a token badass guy? Mm-hmm. But there is something about his character that is deeper than that. And he is certainly a badass and he knows it, but that isn't like the only dimension to him.
1: Right. It's like, he's a witcher and witchers are known for being these sort of, yeah, these badass punisher people, but he's still, but he still, especially with like the dialogue options that you have, you can show that he's still human. You know, he yeah. still has like desires and like, like he's, he's in love with someone, I think, you know, yeah, yeah. and like he, he, he cares, like he cares about people still. Like he has a, a bunch of side quests where, you know, he doesn't have to help anybody, and he can't, and he does, you know. And um, I think, I think Geralt is. There's still going to be a lot sort of to unfold that we haven't really dug into. I, especially, I start. I actually got a little bit farther than Chase in the actual story, um, and I've seen some of the things that. Um, that sort of peek more into Geralt, I think. But I think that it's just interesting how they don't, they don't just make him such a bland, badass guy, you know? Like, it'd be very easy for him to just be, like, the super stud, and, like, that way you would never really have to have,
0: like, weaknesses
1: for him sure. or anything. But he does, and it's cool.
0: What I really enjoy about him is, you know, a lot of the times whether it's even video games or even like a thing like a comic book, a lot of the times your main character is supposed to be kind of like a vessel for yourself. You know, it's a way to to sort of put your own identity on it, these characters and live in these worlds, imagine yourself in them. Um, but I think Garal is such a unique and well-realized character that I do feel like I am watching his tale. You know, I feel like I am reading a book about him through what I am doing um, with him. And, more so, his interactions with the different characters in the villages and stuff, I feel like are more inf- are the most informative on like what this world is, what the lore is, how you know, what the politics are of the region, and and really giving you the fleshing out the backstory of the environment and the atmosphere. And he's not like a silent protagonist for you to through which you view the world. He is very much a part of the world, and his character, his psyche. Is a result of it, mm-hmm. and even just in the first few hours, I feel like they've nailed that, you know. And, yeah. and he is a big reason why I've been drawn in, you
1: mm-hmm. know. And I think that I think that the prejudices that exist are also like very believable. Sure, you know, like he's he's someone of great power, and um, again, he's a professional. He's not he's not people's hero. He doesn't go around and and kill beasts for free and stuff like. There have been parts where you dialogue with people and it's like they're almost reluctant to get into a contract with a witcher because they know that it's like a big, like you have to pay this guy.
0: Yeah. Right? Or else it's your
1: ass. Yeah. Or your or your kid or something. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, like so so people are, are a little prejudiced. some Some people think he's a freak. Some people think that he's like, you know, a barbarian and stuff. And then other people realize that he's just like He's just a person who has a job, you know, and yeah, and he's there was, and he's actually helped a lot of people and so they they're appreciative of that.
0: Yeah, there was one guy who was like I've never met a dishonorable one from your guild and he's like I'm happy to have you here and things like that. Or yeah. then you'll walk by and just like freak like under their breath and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um
1: and even more talking about like the um the interactions that you have. I think, you know, whenever I So whenever we played that walking dead game mm-hmm. and so much of it was about to be like, Oh, well the decisions that you make actually influence the story that's told. Yeah. But I still found myself coming to the same checkpoints and stuff. Yeah. Whereas I actually don't think it's the same in this game. Like I, uh, I actually had to sort of start back. So I played through to a certain point. And then something happened, and I had to get backtrack. The miasma
0: of the save system. Right.
1: Yeah. So like, there was one part where I was at an inn, and there was like some guards that came in, and um, I'm pretty sure that you've already been past this. And some guards came in, and they just start talking crap, right? Yep. And you have like a timed. I think that's pretty cool. Is it's timed your reaction. Um, and so you gotta the, make a snap decision. Yeah. And so the so the first time through, my response was, "I'm a Witcher." And then they all kind of like chilled out. And um, the originally, like as they were coming in, the shopkeeper guy was like, you need to leave or whatever. And then he said that and they chilled out and he's like, all right, I can give you a place to stay. Sure. Um, And then the second time I went through, uh, I was just curious and I chose uh, stop talking or die. And um, I ended up fighting those people. And killing those people, and then later on in the story, that actually affected me being able to access certain points in the game. Okay, so that was like a very tangible um, consequence. consequence of my decision, and I think that's cool as hell, man. It's not you're not just hitting the same checkpoints that you would regardless of what what dialogue you're choosing. It actually really does affect how people view you and stuff.
0: So. Let's let's use that to segue into just the world itself, right? Okay. Because um, I, I honestly feel like maybe the world that they've built is probably the strongest character, the strongest trait, the strongest aspect of the whole game. I feel even just in White Orchard, which is the starting area of the game, mm-hmm. it's pretty big, um, and you can you can walk all around this place and find little hidden. You can you know you travelers who need your help, different quest givers. Uh, different things to go, you know, hidden treasures and stuff like that. And you have the little villages with the peasants who are uh, farming by day, and drinking in the inn by night. There's children running around. Uh, they have sort of their own storylines with each other going on. How, I mean, do you do you feel convinced that this place is sort of like a living, breathing, real place?
1: Totally. Yeah. I mean. I think this is more of a believable world than maybe I've ever even seen in a video game. Just because there is so much detail in it. I mean, down to the Gwent. Down to the the card decks, Let's talk about
0: Gwent, man. Uh, You still haven't gotten to play Gwent, have you? I haven't played it. So, Gwent is essentially a card-battling, card-collecting game within Witcher. It's, you know, think of if they took Hearthstone and put it inside of this game. It's not exactly like, like Hearthstone, but they you know, it's a game within a game. Mm-hmm. Um, one, that's incredible that they're able to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Two, it sounds like it's kind of in depth and pretty fun to play.
1: Well, I mean, it uh it's it's a strategy game, you know, and it's uh you have to win two out of three rounds. And so you only draw a certain amount of cards at the beginning of your at the beginning when you start playing and you have to use those cards throughout so like say somebody throws down like their best card on the first one and then you can kind of get them to throw down like their next best card on the second one you might just pass that round because then they have to be stuck with the rest of their cards or with the rest of their kind of crappier cards that they didn't throw out and then you have all your best cards still to go for the next two rounds Sure. so it's it's not only just like, do you have the best cards and do you have the best strategy, but it's like, yeah, it's it's how you play and how you decide to kind of pass or you know.
0: And what sounds really smart is you were saying that your deck is sort of tied to your level and your experience. So mm-hmm. you are, as you go out into the world and you level up and you're slaying monsters and you're doing quests and you're getting better, your deck is getting better as well. Correct. And I think that's awesome.
1: And it, and it's not even just like. One kind of deck, too, because there's, there's, like, four, I think, main regions in the world, um, and they're all huge. But um, the decks are all region-specific as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm sure I, I, there's, like, a Nilf Guardian deck, and it'll give you, like, certain boost boosts because those are its, you know, strengths or whatever. Yeah. But they'll also have, like you know, a different deck from a different region that has different like super powerful characters and stuff. And and they all like every card has like little sayings and like they'll have little boosts and stuff. So it's it, you're playing magic essentially. It's yeah. awesome. You know? And I just I mean, it would have been so easy for them to just not do anything like that. And they did it and it was like awesome. Cool. You yeah. Know, and you gain experience through stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I just find myself walking through walking off the path Um, and just exploring because exploring typically rewards you with either a quest or an item or something, but I almost feel like the experience of seeing the world is the, is enough to get you out there. Um, and yeah, I just hats off to CD Projekt Red for what they've been able to create because it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Also, I also think that it's really... another thing talking about the accessibility for people that aren't as good at games like this I think that the Witcher sense thing is very 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 clutch okay well so
0: describe what the Witcher sense is I mean
1: again your guy's a Witcher so he's like a professional hunter and tracker Um, and I even think just watching him track people is cool as hell like (laughs) he'll just like see somebody that's like mutilated as hell and he's like Rib cage is indented, and his and his uh, lips are faint and bloated, which means the blah blah blah. And you're like, "Holy shit, this is awesome!" Yeah, it's you like a, it almost turns into like a little detective. A detective, game. Yeah, yeah, he's a crime scene investigator. <laughs> and um, so, Witcher Sense is a button that you press uh, when you're basically when you're not in combat. And, um, yellow, when something like kind of lights up as yellow, it means that you can access that and you can interact with it and either pick it up or do something with it. And if it's red, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty important either to your quest or to the plot. Yeah. Um, and I've even seen, um, like a part where like you're like you're tracking a smell yeah. that's like leading you to different places and stuff, which is like so cool. Um, so, no. so, I, I think that's really important for a person like me because if it was just like, you know, whenever you, you, you know how like you always kind of refer to like the red barrel as like a gamer trope yeah, that you can, under, yeah, that you can, that you know, that you see that and you know what that means. Well, I'm sure that if they didn't have the Switcher thing, you'd still have, you would be able to be like, oh, well, I should interact with this because it's this color or like, you know, this. Maybe, yeah. Whereas like I would never have. I would never be able to like decipher what is worth inter- or what you can interact with and what you can't unless like I had this Witcher sense thing. So I think it's really helpful for those those beginning gamers and being able to still like do, you know, kind of
0: obscure thing. It's a sense of discovery when you yeah. have that. But as some criticism I have seen with the witcher sense is ultimately what it boils down to is yellow and red objects. Mm-hmm. And it, the quest is going to say, go to this area and use your witcher senses. And ultimately you're going to hold this button down and you're just going to look for red stuff. You're going to press X on red and then you're going to keep going. Mm-hmm. And I can see how that might start become, become uh, repetitious and a little, a little boring in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, right now I am really enjoying it, just like you are. I, I really do like going into a cabin and using my Witcher senses and being and like and scanning the place, and then mm-hmm. you know you find a book or you find a dead body or you find blood or something, and you. Half of what's so fun about it is, yeah, listening to what Geralt has to say about what he's finding because mm-hmm. every bit of dialogue is like handcrafted for the moment for the situation. There's so much fucking dialogue there in is. this game, dude. It's
1: ridiculous.
0: I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Um, now, one thing that you know, you've been playing for 10 hours. I've been playing for roughly six or whatever. And we're not very far in the game. We're not even level 10 yet, you know? We're not, I'm, I've never even got to level four. Yeah. Yeah, you're so you're still level four. We have had a bulk of items in our inventory. Um, there's Ooh. a ton of potions and things and that you can craft. There's tons of armor and stuff that you can craft. But largely, we haven't been able to access any of it because we have never had the materials for it. Mm-hmm. Yet, our inventories are stacked with materials. Right. And I'm constantly feeling like, should I just go and sell all of this? Uh, should I end up keeping this so I can use it later? Mm-hmm. It's sort of hard to um, like visually keep track of. They do highlight some things with Blue or yellow, depending on like its rarity and stuff like that. Have you found the inventory system at all a little bloated, or um, maybe not as intuitive as the rest of the game is?
1: I think that the one drawback that I would give to the um, the inventory and crafting system is that I think that I think that they should allow for like easier potions and spells to be done like pretty quickly. Like, if you have 60 different flowers and objects and all these different things at your disposal, some like, some sort of combination of yeah, that like should make something. Something should do something, you yeah. know. And, like, you look at all your concoctions that you can make, and you literally aren't like, even, you haven't even brushed the surface of what you need to get to get those things. Mm-hmm. So, I think that that's a little remiss. Um, and but you know, at the same time, like, it's just cool because um you know like if you if you have stuff that doesn't work you can sell it right and you can um you can you can only really keep like a certain amount of weight on your bo- on your person yeah. at any one point in time which um makes sense you know logically um and so it it kind of forces you to keep the things that are you hope, or at least, are going to be important. Like, if you use, like, some flowers and stuff, like,
0: you can drop those. Yeah, you know? I've stopped collecting flowers. Yeah. You know, just because I feel like... I thought that like those, I thought
1: they would be important because I thought I would be needing them, but, like, I can just run and find those pr- basically anywhere, I and think.
0: Yeah, not only that, like, you can pretty much go to any merchant and just buy what you need, mm-hmm. you know?
1: So, but I, I think that, like, as far as, you know, if you loot somebody and you get like some big valen longsword or something and it's it's not something that's good enough for you to use you can still benefit from it either by selling it yeah. or by dismantling it and using mm. it for crafting other things yeah that's which i true. think is really a, a cool notion which is like makes sense as far as blacksmiths go yeah so they
0: have the crafting mechanics where you know so both alchemy and crafting essentially have the same premise you have these different ingredients or crafting materials and with them you can create potions or oils or different armor and stuff so i guess the game is sort of rewarding you for hoarding a little bit of what you've looted because you can bring it back and yeah and make stuff which you know is fun i you know most Most RPGs are going to have that armor system where you're constantly trying to get better and new materials. You know, you can also upgrade your armors and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. I'm still waiting for the game that does not tie your armor stats to how you look. look. Mm -hmm. Because I want to roleplay so bad. Right. It makes sense. I feel like there's got to be a way to do it that's smart, (laughs) you know. But um, this isn't the game that does it. Yeah, that's okay. But that's fine. Yeah. So, any closing remarks, anything that you want to bring up? Or talk about
1: yeah. I, th- I still think there's a little more to unpack. I mean, um, we never really talked about Yennefer. We never really talked about Ciri either. Yeah, um, I mean,
0: I don't want to get too plot heavy. That's fair for those who but are. But like, listening. those are
1: two. Those are two very powerful and unique and interesting women, female character. This could have been easily just an all male thing. But mm-hmm. like, they they made you know like these two... Yennefer is, like, this super hot sorceress that Geralt's sort of in love with. And then is sort of, like, actually Vesemir's niece, uh, and she's, like, a super talented, like, charismatic uh, witcher in training. And those are also, like, you know, just really interesting um, characters to add to the plot. Also...
0: Now, but when you say that, like, Yennefer is... I mean, what does it mean that the first descriptor you have of Vinifer is she's a super hot sorceress? Because you say, like, it could have been an all male all-male cast, but how much of it is actually playing to just males if all of the main characters, though, might be badass and have their own agency, they all are, like, pretty sexualized?
1: Right. I mean... I, I understand that, but I mean there are other there are other women in the game that aren't sexualized. Mm-hmm. She's just like the main character that Geralt is like the super badass is and in love she's with. She's so hot. Yeah, she's like she's a sorceress that can kill anybody in the flick of her wrist. Yeah, um, with the big old butt. Yeah, <laughs> you get to see right away. Oh yeah, but um, put that
0: carrot on the stick.
1: Another thing I was going to bring up too is um, the trophy system. Where oh. you kill your beast mm-hmm. and you get different, you get mutagens. Yep, you get um, you know, you get like the, the trophy system where you can kind of like saddle up whatever your trophy, Which whatever just your looks beast that you just so kill cool,
0: and it like gives you different boosts and stuff. Uh, i love that i love that like you go you kill a beast and you you put it (laughs) just so in fable way back on the xbox they had a trophy system where like you'd go kill like a boss and then you could bring you you'd have your trophies you go to the towns and you'd hold them up and you would gain like fame points essentially Mm -hmm. this isn't as direct the trophies um that you equip to like basically whatever you've equipped is the ones that you're showing off and Mm -hmm. the ones that they give you different bonuses. Um, but it's so cool riding your horse with a Griffin head on the saddle, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, yeah, I fucking killed this thing. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. Right. Yeah. And it's just that added little depth. It's not like, okay, we'll go kill a monster. We'll give you XP for it. And you can, you can, um, continue the story. It's no, you kill the monster, you get a mutagen if the mutagen is green and you equip green abilities to this mutagen slot all of these abilities get an upgrade a huge boost you know and it's it's just there's so much nuance in every system and Mm -hmm. you know talking about we started this conversation with the game is accessible and it's you know your people who aren't i guess super knowledgeable of or they haven't had a lot of experience with these types of games are able to hop right in. That doesn't mean that the game is simple and easy. The game is very complex and there, its simplicity speaks to how like nuanced and I guess how deep it actually is because on the surface level, you can just press these buttons and play. But Below the surface, all of these other uh, mechanics and things are going on. And as you as you kill more beasts, you're going to get more mutagens, which Mm -hmm. is going to you know unlock and so 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 farther and so forth. So yeah,
1: you have like the places of power where you can draw from, which I also think is super cool. Yeah, you have the ability to well, if you're in the first two easier levels, you can you can uh, meditate, which kind of uh, I always think I always. Lately, I haven't been able to decipher whether or not I think meditation is more rowdy or peaceful because I've been seeing all these quiet. I've been seeing all these like super awesome warriors like meditate before and after their battles, and I'm like, that's just so rowdy,
0: you know.
1: So so, yes, yeah. So uh, I, I don't know. I just, I think that the thing that for me the final remark I would have is, it is incredibly in an incredibly detailed and in-depth world, but it is simple because it just makes sense. Nothing yeah. nothing seems like a stretch yet. Mm-hmm. You know, we've come across these things and it's like, you know, you learn it and then you apply it and you're like, okay, that makes sense. Like that should be that way. The bestiary
0: you know? is an amazing help. Whenever you find an enemy for the first time and kill it, it is added to your bestiary and then you can uh, view like what its weaknesses are and stuff like that. Yeah, it gives
1: descriptions and stuff, even like... Uh, like, villager accounts of oh, the Oh, yeah, there's, and so stuff. Lore, yeah. <laughs> there's so much lore, dude. There's so much lore. And we've even talked about this before. I You know, I sort of bashed on some... It might have been... Uh, I can't remember what game it, it was, game was where I was talking about the lore. Oh, Dishonored. Dishonored. Yeah. And I was like, I just don't feel like... I just felt like that didn't really... It wasn't that cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really get into the lore. But, like, this I do get into for sure. some reason. And it might be because there actually is lore behind it. Like, this uh-huh. is a real Polish folktale, so... Yeah you know that that kind of helps i think
0: sure um, yeah maybe you know i, I we're going to keep playing this game yeah you know obviously
1: i'm going to i'm going to wait until i can figure out how to save the damn thing but yeah, yeah. i think we've got it down now well you're still going to have to teach you're going to show me what to do
0: <laughs> but maybe in a month from now maybe we're f- when we're further in the game we can do another follow up to this uh, maybe be a little more spoiler heavy um, and continue with our first impressions but or with our later impressions. But our first impressions so far are resoundingly great, just like everybody else's. This is an amazing game. Mm-hmm. You know, I've spent, I, I'm still in the first area and I've already been through this first area uh, once before, but I started a new game and I still am not rushing to leave it. You mm-hmm. know, I want to uncover every rock and stone and, feel, and find what's out there because it's right. just such a dense place. But um, yeah, so that's been Just the Quip. Um, good converse, thanks for, thanks for having the conversation Hunter, my pleasure, we'll just plug real quick um, you can find Witty Banter on iTunes just search Witty Banter and hit subscribe all of our episodes will show up in your download queue for free whenever we post them, but if you don't have iTunes that's okay too, you can go to wittybantershow.com and download the episode there if you want to email in with a subject for a Just the Quip episode, you can do that just email at um, just send an email to wittybantershow at gmail.com we'd be happy to take any of your suggestions there. Um, Woody Banter's on Twitter. We're at Woody Banter Show. I am at Bodacious Chase. Hunter is at Diesel Dorset. And that's all we've got. So thank you, folks, for listening. And we will be back next time.
1: Okay. One more thing. Boom. Go listen to my SoundCloud. Do it. I got a bunch of new music up. So Hunter Dorset or SoundCloud slash Hunter Dorset. Go yeah. do it.
0: Hunter's been in the fucking lab. Been in the zone. Been in the zone. He's running right. it. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.